with another episode of what You're the, Already Accepted. What the podcast in it? Move! <laughs> yeah. What y'all trying to do? What y'all so, trying to do? <laughs> probably sounded really awkward in the recording, but it, it made sense in my head. No, I feel it. I feel yeah. it. You know, a little shout out to Bruno Mars and... Mm. Uh, no, I'm I'm a I approve. That's staying in. That's staying. That's that's the intro right there. Okay. <laughs> well, we are back with another episode of You're Already Accepted. Well, I'm with the boys. We're, it's another live episode. I'm with Ethan. I'm with Christian. What's up? What what's, up? what's up, guys? What's up? What's up? What's up? Happy Memorial Day, Jonathan. Oh yeah, I forgot it. Shout out! Shout, shout out! <laughs> the short week coming up at work. Gas price is over four dollars. Yeah, you know that's what's up. Nice, <laughs> nice. Toit, toit, toit. Very nice. Okay. Starting off with A plus stuff, best scenes. Do you want to? You want to before we do that? You want to just give us a brief synopsis? Just a brief, brief synopsis of well, some of the main plots of the episode. Just, yeah. just so we're, we're we're fresh in our minds because we got because we got uh, Annie and Annie and Vaughn. Annie mm-hmm. Annie and Vaughn yes, are yes, getting yes. together. Jeff and Britta for both re- both for different reasons don't want that to happen. So they're mm-hmm. trying to get Troy in on the mix. Um, and so then while that's also happening, um, the rest of the gang in Chang. Pierce, Chang, Shirley, Troy Abed are trying to watch really bad 80s action movies yeah. and Pierce is trying to fit in. So that's mm-hmm. that's sort of the context of the episode, right? Yeah. Sort of the main plots. Um, but sorry, I didn't mean to steal your thunder. No, what were your, your A-plus moments? No, you're good, man. And like, it's kind of interesting because, again, this is a classic ABC plot episode. I, I don't really find myself really deeply connecting with any of them. Like, uh, again, we'll get into it. I think... This episode's fine overall, but not great. But uh, yeah, we'll, like, like I said, we'll get into it. So um, yeah, for A-plus stuff, I started off with British confidence is just like through the roof from the jump in this episode. I just noticed that. we Again, we talk about it a lot. Season one, Britta is just a, a really completely different character before she kind of d- dissolve, d- dissolves into being the worst. <laughs> and so she she comes off just really confident from the start. She notices that there's a star on a... Uh, on a Jeff's junk, like I <laughs> like the first like ten seconds, and just like she's just you know walking with like an understanding of the world and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> Troy attempts to, like politely decline Pierce to not join the group. <laughs> Troy says, "Pierce, you don't want to watch a cyborg moving out of its room. You, you want to lay on your twin, twin bed, how <laughs> you used to be." <laughs> Which like I just love the picture of like a twin bed like that's I, it's so oddly specific yes. and I love that, especially because you see that in uh, the season two or three where there's even a scene where like Pierce like wakes up he's got a painting of himself yeah over his bed and like obviously gets retconned because he has a queen size but but it's think about who you used to be what you used to be it's, yeah. I love that <laughs> and like when I said twin bed it got me thinking of uh you remember like in uh was that like charlie and choco fact with like the grandparents were, like all tucked into that one like going head to foot that charlie's back. hanging up in the rafters yeah <laughs> he rolls over he's gonna die yeah <laughs> i just love that picture of just yeah in a twin bed like, just thinking about the past but um to pierce's face i just love uh I know Ethan talked about this last week, but like Chevy Chase's face acting. I love what he does in this little moment. So when the one of the writers goes, what if you what if when they say it's a good day, you say for being gay and like Pierce's face looks like he like just found gold. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, oh, yes. yes. <laughs> Eureka. Like, and out of all the things, it's it's the gay joke. Yeah. That gets a, and which is his character. Right. Yeah, but. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. Uh, later in the later in the episode, they're about to watch that different movie where um, Tom Selleck fights mechanical spiders. Come exactly, on, man! <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Oh, my, my brother died on that production," and so like they go up to King Puncher Two, and there's a brief like 
probably second and a half where like Pierce is fake crying like <laughs> about his like dead you know fake dead brother and he's like uh, uh, and then just like completely drops change channel yeah that's such a, it's such a smart like I wouldn't think that Pierce would have became like in season four he wouldn't be able to do that like, oh season sure. four uh Pierce is like two balls there's a joke here yeah I can't I'll think of it but like this is this is prime Chevy Chase in in community. Man, you don't want to watch a cyborg movie in Abed's room, yeah. dorm. You want to lay in your twin bed. Like, full disclosure, I still have a twin bed because I haven't gotten my queen yet. But there's something funny about like unironically having a twin bed. Yeah, like you're alone. There's no one to share it with you. Like while they're watching this movie, I can just picture Chevy Chase like laying on his back with his hands folded across his chest, just yeah. like man, I miss whenever I could go punch a Republican in the face, yeah. and you know, I had sex with Eartha Kitt and all that. Um, that was definitely one of my, one of my top moments. I also loved whenever Britta and Jeff were talking about, you know, how Vaughn is this like gateway douchebag of like, mm-hmm. if we're, if we're okay with this, like she might as well date Starborn, Starburns, yeah. you know? <laughs> and then, I think this is like one, one of the first times that they call him by name. Like he, mm-hmm. he shows up as a cameo in like Spanish class, but then Jeff looks over. He's like, yes, look left and look to your right. We can see both of them. It's like a constellation on your face. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Oh, Hey man, what's up? And then Starburns is like, oh, hey, that guy over there, major douchebag. <laughs> I love that. I love that interaction because I feel like that's a ge- I feel like that's a genuine interaction that people will have mm-hmm. where it's like you see somebody across the room. You're like, oh, it's so good to see you, man. You pass you're like, dick. you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's like <laughs> I also like that line because, or that sequence because we kind of talked about this, I think, last episode. We're like, we have the study group and then like everybody else is outside and they're kind of like on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. It's like they very well could have just had that sequence just be Jeff and Britta talking mm-hmm. and then they cut to Starburns and like that guy's a douche and yeah. you get to see what he thinks of Jeff it's just funny to see the other characters that aren't part of the study group and what they think of the study group mm-hmm. and that's a great sequence where we see Starburns because he obviously tries to like interact with them later in the show right. but yeah explain later kiss me I'll explain the explanation is not the issue yeah <laughs> I just Starburns he reminds me of a guy that I used to work with at Dollar General and he just you look like you can smell him and he smells like must in cheap cologne and then obviously like weed or, or drugs. And then there's, you know, the episode with uh paintball and he wears like the Sean Connery outfit mm-hmm. with like leather chaps and you know, the leather thong He's like, what? I got to I got to return. No, it's the episode with Miami beans. Oh, okay, it's that yeah. one. Um, and just whenever he's like, Hey winger, guess just who went to the top of my to do list. <laughs> and it's like, I, I actively want to punch him in the face. Like that whole, the whole idea of like creepers, like, being attracted to attractive people yeah. is just uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know? Like, obviously, I think the whole point of this episode is that Annie has agency and, like, she can choose for herself. And I know that she would never want to date Star Burns, but, like, that whole idea, it's just really yeah. unsettling. I don't, I don't oh, know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, the idea that, like, oh, suddenly Annie's available to him because, like, again, yeah. like the whole gateway douchebag idea is, like, it's really creepy. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. Because <laughs> uh, whenever I was in high school, I had a friend who i mean i had a crush on her for like whole four years of high school i remember my senior year she started dating like the town druggie Mm. and i was like first of all ouch yeah she's in him over me (laughs) but also like there's this i guess the idea of like and and you i think we talked about this last week too with the idea of like traditional masculinity and traditional femininity is that like you know annie is supposed to be this sort of like innocent like pure um you know person so she should only date like innocent pure guys Mm -hmm. and then you know vaughn is the the grody hipster star burns is like the middle-aged drug dealer who still goes to community college. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my friend dates the high school drug dealer and it's, it's like, I know I don't have a right to tell you who you can and can't date. And I know that like, 
in all likelihood, this isn't even a big deal, but like, it feels like one. Cause like if, mm-hmm. if Annie doesn't date Troy or I, I, there's not really even anybody innocent yeah. in, the, in the show, but yeah, like, it's she, like, like Abed. Like, yeah. Abed's, yeah. Yeah. Cause like, cause like in, in the next episode or even in like the paintball episode, like they kiss and there's mm-hmm. like, Oh, there's chemistry here. Like I remember whenever you guys like introduced me to this show and I was trying to figure out the whole dynamic. I think it was the paintball episode, the first paintball episode. And I was like, okay, so do any of them end up together? And you're like, honestly, not really. And I was like, well, that kind of sucks. Like, yeah. like Niles and Daphne from Frasier, or, you know, Chandler and Chandler and uh, Monica, mm-hmm. like they get together. But after watching the show, I'm like, yeah, it's a good thing that nobody ends up together. <laughs> like it's better whenever the show moves on to not be about just who's going to end up with who. Mm-hmm. I, I think that they play into that quite a bit uh, too with that. But my other, my other, um, I think Pierce just kills it in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, you know, what are you, my third wife's therapist? Why can't I, why, why can't I just enjoy a movie with my friends? Like, screw you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he just wants to fit in to the, to the group. He wants to be included, which I think is a big theme in the first couple seasons of the show. Um, as he knows that he's the old guy and he's insecure about it. Um, he reminds me of, you know, the, the, the person that walks into a room and you're like, well, we were having a nice conversation and now yeah. that conversation's over. Um, <laughs> I can think of a couple people right off the top of my head who are like that, but there's nothing inherently wrong. Just him asking to join the group, but you know, it'd be a lot more fun if he wasn't there. Oh yeah. You know? And and so I don't, I don't blame him for, you know, wanting to make jokes with the rest of the group. Like in a weird way, I sort of applaud him trying to get prepared. Cause that's just what he wants to do is mm-hmm. to make jokes with the rest of them. And honestly, like, I would get prepared. Like yeah, if, I, yeah. if, I was the, if, if somebody <laughs> asked me if I'd ever yeah. seen kick puncher, I'd like at least want to like do a Google search. I yeah. like, think of some like other, other shows, other movies where the actor had been in mm-hmm. before. Um, and then Troy's like, um, yeah, you're, you, you might be just be trying to make jokes, but you're doing it with the speed and determination of the incomparable Robin Williams. <laughs> and after, after hearing that, I was like, yeah, it, it does sound like a Robin Williams, like talking really fast and trying to get the joke out before, yeah. before you get cut off. Um, yeah, I just, I really appreciated that. Oh, it's like yeah. another Robert Robin Williams reference. Like, that's yeah, like the f- third or fourth one this week. This not this week. This set this season already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think Pierce had some really, really awesome, hilarious lines. My favorite Pierce moment from this episode is probably when they're, I think they're watching the first Kick Puncher movie, and it's the end credits, and the credits come <laughs> up, and Pierce is like, "Oh, directed by Kim Yang, Asian, can't direct, can't drive." And then it just cuts to Chang. He's like, dude, I'm right here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Chang also goes it in this yeah. episode. Chang yeah. in this whole like forced episode stint, like he's he's on fire. This is probably like, like peak Chang, maybe for yeah. the yeah. show. I don't know. Because <laughs> like and then you mentioned like Pierce's facial expressions and Chevy Chase's facial acting. I think that same moment whenever Pierce is talking about his brother dying on the <laughs> set of the show with the making or the movie with Tom Selleck and mm-hmm. the spiders. And Chang's facial expressions where he just kind of like doesn't believe Pierce, yeah. but then he's like also kind of like shocked and like feels sorry for him. Mm-hmm. Like, sorry, sorry about your brother. Like, yeah, sorry about your brother, man. <laughs> I, I think Ken Jong and Chevy Chase probably two of the best, maybe facial expression comedic actors that I can mm-hmm. think of. I and mean, obviously Jim Carrey is like probably at the top of like these guys are just, I don't know, in a different class by themselves, I feel like. I feel that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, good Annie line about Annie and Pierce. Uh, Annie says, we're not having sex. We haven't even kissed yet. And Pierce responds, that doesn't mean you're not having sex. <laughs> Made me laugh. Good point. <laughs> and just really that whole sequence in the study room when they're arguing about uh, uh, Jeff and Britta getting involved with Annie. And then, you know, it, they, it devolves into a conversation about, how, you know, seeing each other as sexual partners. And there's like, you know, they're all looking at each other, just kind of that quiet. <laughs> and like, 
you know, there's that Britta and Annie kind of look at each other. Yeah. But it's not, it's not the only time in the series either that they have like a, a hint at like romantic interest between the two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just that whole sequence of like nothing is said. And I mean, a lot is said in that whole scene, but that's sequence where it's just quiet and they're all looking at each other. Troy looks at Sherilyn and is like, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You kind of get really good ideas or insight into these characters without them saying anything. And yeah. I think that's just great acting by all of the seven in that scene. Mm-hmm. I do think that up until this point, community has been a sitcom of like any proportions, but I think in this episode and then kind of in the next two or three that we, that we all sort of sat down and watched um, for this sitting, like you actually start to see the community, the Greendale seven come mm-hmm. into their own. Yeah. Like you start to see um, the Britta Troy, the Jeff and Annie um, also just, Troy and Abed, like they're just jealous. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're just jealous. Don't like I. Yeah, but I agree. I, it's it's a really powerful like m- m- not emotionless verbal uh, verbalist like the yeah, nonverbal nonverbal yeah. scene. Yeah. No, I think about that too, and I I love and like this is a great thing about Community, which I really appreciate compared to other sitcoms because like in any other sitcom like i was listening to a podcast and it's like in real like they're talking about seinfeld and they're like in real life all of them would tr- just be trying to get with elaine like <laughs> yeah. you know I mean? or like in how much your mother they would always just trying to get with each other which kind of happens anyway and stuff like that or in friends that like people you know even i'm i'm not, I'm not a big friends person or whatever but like i know people were like oh you wouldn't go take a photo on the central perk couch if you had the chance oh god no <laughs> gosh but <laughs> But uh, like I know people who are like, oh, why don't Phoebe and uh, Joey get together? They're both weird or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, but I love like something about this show. I I really like about the Greendale Seven is that like, let's face it, like there's not a, a scenario where <clears throat> Annie and Pierce would be together, or mm-hmm. Annie or any of the women would be together. Or, I mean, let's it's not very <laughs> it's not very nice to say, but like, who would actually like pursue Shirley in a relationship? That, that's the joke. Is like, does anybody get specific about me? Yeah, and it's yeah. And so, like, I just loved, like, the reality of that. Like, because mm-hmm. I've been in a lot of different friend groups where it's like, yeah, that girl or that guy, like, you're never, like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's what I hate about, or I hated about, like, high school friend groups, especially the ones where it's like, we're a high school family. Like, I'm the mom <laughs> and these are my kids. Yeah. And a lot of times it was like, it's a senior girl and, like, a fr- bunch of freshman boys. And it's like, they don't want to be your, like friend they want to date you and yeah. they're get there's going to be the whole awkward like i've always wanted to tell you this but i've always really liked you and then there's like the whole period which is like oh i didn't know how to prepare for this even though i totally knew about it i'm just gonna <laughs> you know suppress that and so they're not friends anymore yeah and maybe that says more about me and like my high school experiences <laughs> than friend groups but you're you're right too it's like i i appreciate that this is a group of diverse people who don't end up all together because that's mm-hmm. not that's not really happened i mean again like in the tv show frazier like is niles crane really going to end up with daphne moon or is you know chandler really going to date his best friend's sister and get married to her like no oh, that happens but it's oddly convenient that everybody in the friend group gets married to each other yeah yeah, yeah for yeah. sure that doesn't always happen in real life sometimes no. there can just be a group of friends that don't end up together right yeah. well wasn't that wasn't that kind of i mean I haven't seen all the How I Met Your Mother shocker that may be in my my cards, but isn't it like in the last two episodes of the show, like that's whenever you actually meet the mother? Yeah. Or like the last yeah. like season, like mm-hmm. that makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of how it happened. I mean, like, okay, I think about in college, like we were all part of the same same campus ministry and like Ethan, you met your wife there. Jonathan, you dated somebody from? The, yeah, yeah. 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 And like, I think that 
I kind of walked in here with a sitcom mindset. It's like somebody around here yeah. is my future wife. <laughs> I'm going to start dating her. And, and that kids is how I met your mother. It's <laughs> how I met your mother. Right. And, and that didn't happen. So, you know, on a, on a, on a real note for just a second, like, I feel like there's that sort of misconception of like, you know, you're going to meet the woman of your dreams at, you know, a restaurant or at a convention or at your campus ministry. And like, mm-hmm. at least for me, like that hasn't happened. I mean, Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. But uh, there was a knock on the door. There's a knock on the door. Right. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, I, I think back in the, in the context of community, it's uh, seasons two through six explore that a lot better than season one does. Cause mm-hmm. again, there's the whole dynamic of like, Oh, Britta and Jeff or Jeff is just trying to get Britta. That's the whole like conception of the study group. So, you know, on to, on to leading the class. I had Britta for this one. Um, I think the reason I picked Britta because I felt like she had to kind of do the most work in the episode emotionally because mm-hmm. she started off. And I, I actually also appreciate Britta's like honesty because she kind of comes off as like the unfeminist feminist, right? Which is like, oh, you know, uh, Andy, like you boys. can date, yeah. whatever. Like, I'm cool, you know, all that. And I turn into a snake. Yeah. <laughs> but at the end, she's like, yeah. And, have you not heard the rule of don't date your uh you know one of your really good friends exes and stuff like that and so like she kind of has to like hey like mm-hmm. i am a girl and i like, like, I like boys i like when they kiss me i don't like it whenever they stop kissing me and start kissing my friends exactly yeah. and so yeah. like i just i appreciate like that honesty from mm-hmm. her of yeah. like, hey i am i am who i am and like even though i like to portray myself as like this kind of evolved feminist mm-hmm. person it's like no like some of those rules still matter to me yeah i feel like that a lot with people that i would used to be close to anyway mm-hmm. or like you know, girls that I courted, you know, whatever, whatever the, the proper term is like, you, you don't have any grounds to be like, oh, you're not allowed to date this person, but you, you, you convince yourself that you do, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, you know, even, even if it's a time where like things don't work out, you're talking to a person, you're dating them. Like, even if you're the one who like separates from them or you're the person who's like, it's, you're at least amicable with like the breakup, like there's still an expectation of like, you're not allowed to be jealous of somebody that is your ex. Cause mm-hmm. like they're, they're your ex for a reason, but like, I don't know the, for, for me, it's something along the lines of like, I used to be special to this person and now I'm not. Yeah. And maybe it's for a good reason that we're not anymore, but it's convincing myself that like, that's the last time it's going to happen mm. or, um, it doesn't mean anything now because they're dating my friend mm-hmm. or, you know, you know what I mean? No, like, like yeah. you're, you're like supplanting yourself into that scenario whenever really after you've dated that person, like there's not really like Vaughn, like I don't think Vaughn is dating Annie because he wants to make Britta jealous. I think no. that he just yeah. is really yeah. interested in Annie. Like, so there's not really a need for Britta to be involved in it, mm-hmm. but I'm also like, yeah, you go girl. Vaughn's gross. He wants to be a, you know, I love Deeks and NCIS Los <laughs> Angeles. Um, but I hate Vaughn, you know, <laughs> for for a good reason. But no, I got. What, what, what about you? Uh, what about you guys for leading the class? I have Troy, just because I he's he's involved in both plots, which is rare for the show. He's involved with the movie watching plot, mm-hmm. and then he's also involved in the the Troy or the Jeff and and Britta plot with Annie because they try to get him to you know go after Annie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just he the scene when he goes up to Annie and is like flirting with her. He like puts his arm around her and then he like stands up. He's like, let's do this. And he just like yeah. stands there. Like I just, he had me dying in that whole scene, uh, the whole scene. Donald Glover 
man, love him as an actor. And just, I thought Troy did the most to stand out to me in this, in this episode Mm -hmm. in terms of the, you know, the study group and just, you know, the humor. And, um, again, I think being involved in both plots is something that doesn't happen a lot. And, you know, somehow it works. It doesn't feel like he was just shoehorned in just to be the character. Like it actually worked. Cause obviously they, there was the chemistry between him and Annie before where, you know, they knew that uh, Annie liked Troy. So it made sense for him to be in that plot, but also for him to be watching the movie, like it just made sense. And he fits mm-hmm. into both plots really well. And I think that just shows the chemistry that Donald Glover has with like all the character, all the other actors in mm-hmm. the study group. Like the, he has good chemistry with every single other character. Even, even Chevy Chase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, I was thinking about something like, I feel like we got a really good like reveal of kind of who more of who Troy was even through that short interaction with Annie. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it's like, yeah, Troy isn't a ladies man. He might be like an athlete and mm-hmm. like, he probably got girls in high school because he was just a quarterback. But he's still immature. He's yeah. still kind of uncomfortable and not sure what to do. Exactly. Yeah. And like you saw like there was like, take me like the, just <laughs> the way he did that. It's like, that's so like one side. Do, do the sex thing to me. Yeah, right? exactly. Like, so it's like, yeah, it's like he, he doesn't know how to initiate it. He doesn't know mm-hmm. how to, like work it and like it's kind of one of those things where i'm like um because in my mind i was like because they, they kind of said it or troy kind of said it there where he was like now not only did you ruin an ugly girl like you know annie for <laughs> but me, you took yeah. an attractive annie yeah yeah <laughs> exactly. it's the whole like somebody is more attractive to you whenever you realize that you can't date them yeah oh a thousand percent and yeah. you know i i hate that I, i'm guilty of that oh yeah. i i want to <laughs> i want to say that i'm a better person than that but I, it's happened quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Like even there's a there's a time, I think I was like in eighth grade or a freshman in high school, and there's a girl who was like a year younger than me or two years younger than me. Mm-hmm. So like still an eighth grader or whatever, and so they're like, "I've got a crush on you." It's like, "Sorry, I'm already interested in somebody." And plus, yeah. it'd be weird if I did it in middle schooler. <laughs> and then like, Ooh. and then like sophomore, <laughs> like junior senior year, like obviously she was 16 by the time, and I was like, "Oh hey, yeah, remember that time you said you liked me?" And she was like, "Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking." You know, <laughs> what a crazy, what a, funny story, what a crazy, yeah. funny. <laughs> Hello, haha, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. But uh, I, you know, for leading the class this episode, and uh, I don't think I'm going to say this very often. I, I honestly think Pierce led the class. Um, because again, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with him wanting to join the group. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, you don't think I can make monkey shines at a picture show? I'm younger yeah. than three of you combined. Like, it's kind of funny because probably if you added up all their ages, he would barely be younger than them. Because yeah, <laughs> if if Nicole Brown was probably mid thirties, whatever mid thirties, I guess Danny Pudi is actually a little bit older. Like, Abed seems really young, but Danny Pudi's like oh I yeah, think Danny, in his forties yeah. right yeah. now. Yeah, but. Um, which on a mystic quest, he is aged. Like you, you could feel, you can like, tell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. But so Pierce, again, like the whole idea of watching bad movies to make fun of them, like mystery science theater. I love because it's, it's making fun of movies. And then Pierce is like, you don't have any right to make fun of something that somebody else has made. Just what I don't even remember what the whole quote is. Cause like you feel insecure about yourself. Mm-hmm. You feel guilty that you can't do something like that. Something like that. And it's like, yeah, I, I honestly like I've wanted to fit into a group of people to do that. And I feel bad about myself whenever I don't. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I don't really blame him for trying to come prepared. I mean, we already established that. I mean, I think he dogs on the improv group a little too much. Or, <laughs> you guys really, des- you don't deserve to call yourselves a community college improv group. Um, and of course, you know, we've talked about how he's homophobic. And so gay jokes are always really interesting to him. So I didn't, I got to knock him on that. But I mean, I think that he has a lot of really good line delivery. Um, we talked about, you know, with 
Tom Selleck laughing or being indifferent as his brother dies, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just I he really landed it with me, and I thought this is a good performance by Chevy Chase. So no, I agree. I, I feel that Pierce. I feel like did a good job, and again, like had to do some different things. Um, I guess I want to hear Ethan's opinion opinion on this. Like since it wouldn't like last very long, I didn't mind it, but like how he had like you know how he tripped at the end and like the popcorn flew everywhere and like everyone's laughing at him <laughs> kind of like uh, i was just like uh i was just ready for that 10 seconds to be over yeah, yeah. the physical comedy <laughs> yeah. or like jumping like, ahead on that but that's one of my nitpicks yeah. just, he's there to be the physical comedy foil that's the, <laughs> it seems like all he's there for really i feel like that's all he's there for i kind of feel like that they really lean on that a lot with him it's just like he's the butt of the joke because he falls over and he's clumsy so i don't think of a time whenever pierce says something that makes people laugh that makes the group laugh yes well, I mean, later on in the episode, he's like, and then I was going to say, it's a good day to be gay. And they all laugh. Yeah, but they're like, it's pretty rare. Like, it doesn't it's, happen. It's rare. Much. I don't think physical. I mean, Pierce is obviously the the butt of the joke. I wouldn't say he's just there for physical comedy, though. Feels like they they lean they, on it a lot in this first season. They use him the most for physical comedy, right. I would say. I, like, I, would, I would say that he's used more for that, but I wouldn't say that's the only reason that he's there. Um, Just because I think a lot of his, a lot of the the jokes at his expense. Okay. Like Shirley's a lot of her jokes are that she's a divorced mom and she's a Christian and <laughs> Abed is that he's meta and that he has an undiagnosed disorder. Yeah. I think Pierce's is that he's antiquated. Like he's past his prime. I think Chevy chase is Pierce in a lot of ways because Chevy chase is used to, we talked about the facial expressions, the physical comedy. So I think that they incorporate that in a lot of his humor. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that that's the only reason that he's here in the episode or in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, closer towards the end of Chevy Chase's time, whenever, again, they stop really developing his character and he's just sort of there until he gets fired from the show. I think that there's some more of that that you do see of like, you know, oh, I'm going to go to Shirley's Thanksgiving. And I'm going to fall down mm-hmm. um, or I'm going to go to the... Um, drugs are bad show and I'm going to, you know, make a goof of myself. But uh, yeah, I would, I wouldn't say that he's just there for physical comedy. I think the idea that he falls down is just, just Chevy chase. It's just his, his, his genre, his era of comedy. Mm-hmm. So no, I, I like what you said there in the sense of <clears throat> Pierce is Chevy chase in the sense of like, when you look at the scope of Chevy chase career, mm-hmm. like, so great and mm-hmm. so hot like a, a star that burns like so bright right and then seemingly like not that like there was no production during like the back half of the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. and 2000s but it's like, sort of like a, a he's not the hot commodity mm-hmm. like i think of like that four years where john ham was really popular like he's in all the commercials <laughs> and stuff Look at it's, <laughs> and it's not it's not that he's not anymore but people get older and you stop you know brendan frazier yeah. or Ugh. Uh, or uh <laughs> what's the bob from stranger things oh. what's his name um uh, same wise game sean astin oh, like it's not that yeah, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. or michael keaton like you could i could go on and on like people who it's not that they're they don't deserve to be cast in movies it's just that the the news cycle rolls over and it's mm-hmm. somebody new there's and, not really an actor and act or actress that that hasn't happened to mm-hmm. like i mean you can make not dirty, yet like, yeah yeah not yet i mean you can make like tom hanks had maybe the best run of any actor 90s. ever in terms of like the, the 90s yeah but like even now like the 2010s he has just hasn't done as much yeah and mm-hmm. like just not as a lot more the films haven't been as big that he's been you know they haven't been like the, the must see like forrest gump mm-hmm. i watched his new one finch that's just like on amazon kind yeah of trash. Really? <laughs> it's, it's like 
Hey, he was in he was in Inferno in 2018. The Bridge of Spies. The Bridge of Spies. Oh gosh, yeah. 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 There were like some of those like just boring, like kind of like low key Oscar bait movies. I was like, oh, I know, man. Greyhound. Yeah. Greyhound. There was the one that um came out, I think it was Disney Plus, for he was like a he was a preacher, he was like a Western movie. And he was gonna, oh, like, yeah, 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 you know what I was talking about. I don't know what it's I, called. I don't know what it's called. I saw that too, yeah, because I get that one confused with the Good Lord Bird with Ethan Hawke. It's about mm. uh John Brown. Have okay. you ever heard of you, you? Do you know who John Brown is? I don't think so. He's the um, so you've heard Bleeding Kansas before, no? Okay, so before the Civil War, like Kansas, like whenever is admitted into the Union, there's a lot of debate over whether it's going to be a slave state or a free state, mm-hmm. and so basically, a bunch of people from Missouri rigged the election for Kansas to become a slave state, even though it was north of the Mason-Dixon line. Anyway, John Brown was a guy who's like a rabid abolitionist. Like, um, if you see a picture of him, he's got like this huge beard. Um, he had a raid on Harper's Ferry in Kansas. Or no. I actually don't know where Harper's Ferry is. I think it's in Virginia. Anyway. And like killed a bunch of militiamen, a bunch like took a bunch of hostages. Like he's basically a domestic terrorist, but for <laughs> but for abolition. Yeah, for the good reasons. Yeah. So like Ethan Hawke was in this series i think is hbo max and it was about john brown and how like he's a really good orator that's how we got a lot of people on board with him but he was like so ahead of his time that like if you're you know pro north whenever it comes to the civil war narrative you're like oh john brown was a martyr Mm -hmm. like he was killed for the sake of you know abolition but if you're not that (laughs) you're like oh john brown was a terrorist and he killed a bunch of people and like both of those things are true but that's fascinating but yeah so you said it's on HBO Max? I, I think so. It's HBO Max or one of the many streaming platforms. Maybe it's Showtime. I don't know. I'll check that um, out. But something a little lighthearted compared to, you know, John Brown. Um, for extra credit in this episode, I loved... I I, know, I just love in TV shows and movies whenever they have their own universe of films. Mm-hmm. Like Kick Puncher. I love... Or, you know, Inspector Space Time, Cookies yeah. and Abby... <laughs> I love whenever they not only reference it, but they make they go through the effort of like making it a production. Mm-hmm. Like they yeah. had to go film the kick puncher scenes, yeah, and like make backstory for it. Okay, um, actually, quick question about quick quick quick, quick puncher kick puncher. Uh, <laughs> Paul Blart Mall Cop kick puncher <laughs> quick uh, puncher. Yeah, uh, did, do you guys recognize the actor that played the kick? Because I've seen him in something. I just could not. I guess that's an IMDb question, but like I could have. Oh, I saw him in something. So I looked it up earlier because I was curious. Uh, the actor's name is Derek Mears, Derek Mears. and he's mainly been a, uh, it looks like he's, he's been a stuntman before, but he's also done some acting. Um, his, his biggest role was he was Jason Voorhees in Friday the 13th, the oh, 2009 okay. uh, one. Interesting. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard of his name um, because and then of he, that. He played, I don't know if you've seen, uh, I haven't seen it, but there's the CW show to DC, uh, Swamp Thing. Oh, okay. The Swamp yeah. Thing. He, he does a lot of like playing. Like physical like Action. he played yeah. Predator, the Predator in the 2010 Predators movie. It's like mm. he does oh. a lot of like costume roles of like yeah. he's the villain right. or like the, yeah. <laughs> he's a he's a he's a he's a Wookie. You know, call yeah. me <laughs> David. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yep. But no, I I, I love that. Um, I'm trying to think of you know, um, just the the schlocky B grade. I mean, like obviously he's inspired by RoboCop, mm-hmm. but I also think of movies like um, Samurai Cop. Have you ever heard of that? Or <laughs> The Velocipaster is a it's a it's a new age movie, but it's like that. And there's something that's charming that somebody went through the effort to make that movie. Mm-hmm. Like let's just pretend that Kick Puncher is real. Like it's obviously very low budget, 
and only movie buffs like Abed really like it. Mm -hmm. And like, if I was on set for that movie, would I have been embarrassed to make it? Like, obviously (laughs) there are a lot of those movies where it's like people did have to put effort into this. And obviously they either just really wanted to get paid or they did something with the movie. Um, because I, you know, otherwise it's going to be on the CW on Saturday afternoon, right? <laughs> it's a B grade movie. Nobody's going to talk about it, you know. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I really, I really do like that. But the only other piece of extra credit that I had was Troy re- Troy's reference, like the Annie I remember had braces and acne and a pill addiction, um, and all all that culminated with her running through a plate glass door, screaming, "Everybody's a robot!" Um, which I think. Later on in the season or the series, you see that mm-hmm. that happened, but I don't think that she says that everybody's a robot. I think she just screams. See, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, I need to, like, I didn't take the time to go back and watch, or right? Go forward and watch that episode. Right. I don't yeah. remember that actually happening in that moment, though. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. she's because Troy wins most likely to succeed as like the superlatives, and Annie gets really mad. She's like, "No, you guys suck. I'm way harder working than Troy," and then she like runs out the window. But I don't think I don't think it's because of her pill addiction. I think it's because, well, I guess she does anyway. Yeah. She doesn't say everyone's a robot, mm-hmm. but I thought it was kind of fun that they actually incorporated that her running through the window in a, in a later season. Ethan, what you got for extra credit? Uh, this is the first time we get a reference. I believe it's the first time that we get a reference to Britta living in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, she mentioned that of course, next episode we get, uh, the, the bagels. Yeah. I think it's the bagels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Wait, so, how do you say it? what? Say it. No, say it. Bagels. Ah! <laughs> oh, you're the worst. <laughs> the only other thing that I noticed, uh, or yeah, I, I caught this is the very the last scene where they go outside and Vaughn's out there and he's singing mm-hmm. and it shows the group. I've been holding a banana peel. I was wondering if that was a reference to something. I was like, did they cut a scene out or something? Like, <laughs> yeah. is he supposed to be eating a banana and they just cut that scene? Because I didn't, I didn't go back and look. I don't think he was eating a banana during the. That happens a lot with Abed in this first season of like, where does he get this stuff? Yeah. yeah. I just thought that was. Where does he get his speed? Like, yeah. did he see it on the ground and he picked it up so nobody would like slip on it? You know, they. they He's going to throw it at him because, like, yeah. oh, get off the stage. Yeah. yeah. It <laughs> felt like that there was supposed to be something there that like we were supposed to see like mm-hmm. an Easter egg and he just didn't show up. But I, I do like it though when like there's like Abed holding a banana or like Shirley eating a bag of chips. Just like, or like, like drink soda. Like, it's just realistic. Like, yeah, yeah. Just stuff like, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, just they're living. Like, <sighs> I also noticed, uh, well, I guess I, I thought I noticed, but the guy who's playing the tambourine for Vaughn, I really, really wanted that to be Fat Neil. I thought it was. I thought it was, and I watched it again, and it wasn't. And I was yeah, like, yeah. ah, it'd be really cool if it if it was if it was him. But that's funny. Um, I think. Sorry, did you have anything to? No, I was just gonna say I do like the because I think that's the same guy that plays the drums for like uh Vaughn the, the uh, band. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> red up, red up. Yeah, getting rid of the V. Uh, but. Like she's a GDP. It anyway. feels like a it feels like a like a trope of like I don't know. Oh, here's this guy, and he's like very big, but he's yeah. playing these small instruments. <laughs> well, it's that, and like the I just think of like ska bands or like that. I don't know that like early two thousands like stoner college guy. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, there's a guy obviously that like looks like Vaughn was like just like the best version of of you know of weed smoking but also there's like his super fat friend who's just like he's the munchies <laughs> guy and like he just but like they're super close like i just i love that like i, I can like kind of picture them in their friendship so that's that's all I that's fair that's fair i think for the episode in general um i didn't like vaughn and annie and jeff and britta i didn't i don't know again like we were talking about once the show kind of moves past the whole like who's gonna date who um once that becomes just sort of a a show like 
an underground cable rather mm-hmm. than a power line of the show, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I think I appreciate it more. Um, again, I don't even know the name of the guy who plays Vaughn, but he's in, he's in NCS. Christian Olsen. Yep. Mm-hmm. Him. I like him in NCS LA. Um, he was in the thing prequel. Three like, named actors. Love him. Yep. Yeah. yeah. J. Michael Vincent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, dude, J. Michael Vincent in Sector C. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I really, I really do like the, the plot of Pierce wanting to fit in to the group. I think it's well executed in terms of like, okay, this is just, this should just be a bunch of friends sitting down and watching a movie. Um, I'm, I kind of like to make comments during a movie. Like I'm awful to go to movie theaters with, cause I always want to like lean over and make comments <laughs> with the right person. Like, I'm not yeah. going to force you to listen to me, but like that's, that stuff is fun for me is like to sort of like make little quips and jabs at movies and stuff. Um, and then the fact that Pierce hired a whole trope of like comedians to help him with that. Like, again, that's sort of like the extreme version of like, Oh, I would like to appear smart to people that I'm yeah. hanging around if I want to impress them. Um, so if I had to rank it, I think I would give it a, you know, hmm. come back to me. I'll give it, I'll give it a rating by the end of the, of the episode, but I'm going to come sure. back with a rating on it. All right. Um, I feel like there's only one, like one, like the little nitpick thing I had. It felt a little disingenuous that like Jeff didn't think that Britta could be jealous of Annie and Vaughn when like he's like, they said that in the big group or whatever. And I just was like, Jeff, you're smarter than that. Like, I don't know. Just, I just feel like he should have recognized that. But overall, I feel like this episode was like a tight seven out of ten. Not great. Um, close, probably close to a six than an eight, personally. But hmm. I thought it was fine. It, it helped. That I was in a good mood today. So, like, <laughs> you know, we're watching these. So, um, definitely. Uh, again, we talk about it a lot, but definitely like a Mac Jones level episode. Not special. Uh, doesn't really offend me, but doesn't really do anything special. So. So on that point about Jeff not realizing that Britta would be jealous, I thought about that too. But then I was thinking also, isn't Jeff, the whole point of this is Jeff's kind of jealous of of Vaughn, of of Annie Mm. going after Vaughn? Because we know he's kind of, I mean, he's still dating Slater at this point, but like he's kind of shown a little bit of interest in Annie. It's like, I think he's just so focused on, oh, I don't want Annie to be with this guy because she deserves better or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably could explain maybe why Jeff doesn't ever seem to think you know, he, I agree that Jeff should be smarter than that, but I just think he's so caught up in what Annie's doing and that he's so more focused on what she's doing than what Britta might be thinking, you know? No, I get that. Do you think, like, because this kind of just hit me right now, so I could be way wrong, but do you think, like, after last episode, I'm not sure if the episode was right before this, but after the um, MASH episode, right, <laughs> where he, like, has to kind of be the leader again, mm-hmm. right? Um, do you think, like, that's where because for me i'm feeling like okay he's like embracing the fact that he's like the dad of the group right Mm -hmm. um which like that's that's because i I feel like that's the motivation for him to really get involved because like usually he said like he usually he would be like don't get involved britta like because this feels like a situation where britta would get involved and jeff would be like don't do that but okay if you're gonna get involved i'm gonna like make sure this doesn't blow up the group right and so am i off there in in thinking that like this is Jeff trying to be like the dad of the group or I don't know. I, I think whenever he and Britta or Britta's like, Amy, we kind of see ourselves as the mom and dad of the group. I don't think that Britta's being genuine with that. Mm-hmm. I think that she's using that as an excuse. I don't think, I don't know. I'm kind of torn. I don't think at this point, Jeff is trying to get Annie away from Vaughn so he could date her. Mm-hmm. I think that there are some underlying things of that. Like how many times have you had a crush on, I mean, Seven. There have been times where I've had a crush on somebody, 
and they've tried to be like, oh, what do you think about this guy? And be like, oh, you know, I don't think yeah. that he's the best, you know. Um, <laughs> heard he's, this is a, uh, what's called a uh, Holt line. I heard he's a pill popper. <laughs> <laughs> I heard he's a pill popper. Yeah. But, um, but I do think that there is, like, he's got a point. I think that he believes what he says whenever, like, Bond's a gateway douchebag. Mm-hmm. He's like, man, I don't want to see any spiral down. So, I mean, I, I feel like you're kind of on with that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I guess like also in my head, I feel like we haven't like seen Vaughn in the series yet be much virtuous. Like because like when he was with Britta, he didn't do anything like particularly virtuous or special or mm-hmm. kind or respectful or anything. He was just a guy. And so like I mm-hmm. can kind of see an angle where like they're okay, let me protect my girl. Vaughn feels very flat as a character. Like obviously his whole personality is that he's the hippie, but it doesn't really ever go past that. Besides the fact whenever he's like, you don't deserve ice cream. Your study group is evil. You know, you promise to like, you get that flash. You get that flash of him like being a Greendale student who hates the Greendale 7. Yeah. But he just sort of exists to be a romantic interest for one of the study group, Mm -hmm. particularly the girls. But, you know. actually, Okay. Speaking of that scene, too, I was thinking about this. Do you think, because I feel like emotionally for me, right? If I just, okay, if there's a girl and she just... I, I finally accepted the fact like I'm ah, probably not gonna be able to be with her, and then I start pursuing this other or start pursuing this other girl, right? You know, we've been like talking for like a week or something like that. But then that same like the f- original girl comes back to me and it's like, hey, I want you. I feel like I would have a hard time being like, no, I'm with I'm with this new girl now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like I I I, I think I would have liked a little bit of debate there with her mm-hmm. with Annie. Because we like, just saw in the dance episode where she was getting jealous. Exactly. And so that's why I'm like, I just feel like there's, there needs to be like a little bit of character debate there where it's yeah. like, I do like Vaughn, but I'll try, I can be with Troy, like finally. like mm-hmm. See her struggle with it a little bit exactly, more. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, just a, little, just a little wrestle, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we could come back, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rate this episode. Hear me out. I'm going to rate it a Skeet Ulrich out of Matthew Broderick. Okay. Okay. Because Skeet Ulrich... Um, played in scream he was the he was the villain in scream okay he's in riverdale he was the main character in jericho oh that uh, dude. okay yeah, yeah 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 so he's one of those guys because we're going to talking about actors who are sort of past their prime mm-hmm. um skeet orch is one of those people that like i really want him to be in more things i don't think he's going to come on Drake. um come on come on exactly man so like <laughs> he's also in finch believe it or not oh yeah. um so so there you go um he he reminds me. He looks like Matthew Broderick, and I think he's got a lot of that energy. Mm-hmm. So again, like this episode, it could be better, you know, <laughs> be better. But uh, it's not the worst. It's not the worst episode, especially of the ones that we're going to be talking about today. So, no? all right, on to communication studies um, for A plus stuff. I love this line by by Chang. This is when he catches um, uh, Troy and Pierce writing themselves notes. But Chang says, "This is obviously your handwriting, Mister Trevor." Trump. And he get this thing with his hands. I know. <laughs> I'm like that's so messed up. But it's <laughs> oh my goodness, like it's just so. Oh man, that's just so like obvious. Of like, I just it's almost. I feel like it crosses so many lines to do that. Like you, you, get, you can't make fun of like an old person. <laughs> an old person, Tremor. Tremor. <laughs> just, Mr. Tremor, <laughs> <laughs> just embarrasses him with it. Um, the line from Abed, one Papa John's commercial, and he thinks he's Christian Bale. Like talking about that young, uh, you know, actor or whatever. Um, Jeff and Abed, uh, 
Oh yeah, Jeff and Abed's back and forth uh, during uh, before the drunk montage where like he's like, "What do you really think of Britta?" and like he's like keying in on like like the fake like hand camera. I love that like just back and forth between them and that that whole conversation. And then <laughs> Cheng's line where he's <laughs> uh, explaining the punishment to um, Pierce and Troy. They're like, sure, I think Shirley was like, "You can't do that," and he's and she's and sorry, and he's like, "Have you met me?" Like. <laughs> My brother and I consistently could like quote that line to each other, like in different in different contexts. Like you can you know you can't put that much butter on, on your on your uh, movie theater popcorn. Like, have you met me? <laughs> that should be one of the memes that came from the show. I'm surprised that wasn't a line that made it into yeah. more popular memes. <laughs> what do you guys got? I I uh, I thought the whole fake Chang as being a kid really mm. cracked me up. Mm. Just the fact that Abed found this young kid to be Chang and uh, there's there's a lot to unpack there yeah <laughs> and all of Chang's scenes you mentioned like the him making fun of Pierce and that sequence with him and then, then he like busts Troy and even like uh, uh he said he hated bull, bull meter yeah. and just like <laughs> and he's just so over the top but it's I don't know, it he goes beyond just being like loud mm-hmm. which we've talked about i think before with the jack black mm-hmm. episode where being loud doesn't equal funny all the time mm-hmm. like he's actually got smart in dialogue yeah exactly yeah. he's not just saying it loud he's actually saying it or loud like and well or, yeah yeah and it, not just the delivery but just the lines themselves too which and i think he loses that as the series goes on oh yeah he definitely like, does like whenever he gets fired and he starts to move into jeff's apartment like that's where it diverges into like physical loudness mm-hmm. like his actions do that where he's like i'm gonna saw up this divorce paper with my saw or i fixed this table like he's just crazy and like that's mm-hmm. sort of like yeah. oh if you're crazy that's funny i get that no but- I, like well that's the funny thing about this rewatch is that i realized oh all my favorite Chang lines are in the first season yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> he goes so downhill good. yeah <laughs> i i think with chang and with troy one of my favorite lines of the episode is like uh after after troy and Pierce get blamed for the Princeton letter. Troy's like, the the stationery was fake. So obviously it was somebody from Princeton who ran out of stationery and then had to write it on normal paper. Yeah. I love that that's his logic. Is like he thinks it's a real letter, but it was just <laughs> fake. Um, I don't know. I, I just love because that's a very Troy thing to do. You know, like, but yeah. also I don't, but also like, <laughs> why would somebody from Princeton not write on Princeton paper? Yeah. Like, and then uh Britta uh, Jeff asks if Britta needs anything. She's like, Yeah. I need you to get a shorter forehead, a non-Keebler nose, and to shut up. Something, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I love, obviously, we make fun of Jeff's forehead. Like, that's like receding hairline. But, like, his nose and, like, his smile, like, he does have sort of, like, not not no mission, like, in a bad way. But, like, those are kind of, like, the features. Like, his upturned nose, his smile is that way, too. Um, like, I can't think of the episode directly in mind. Oh, it's um, in, in the paintball episode where they shoot the Glee Club, and he's like, write some original songs. Yeah. And then he smiles. Like that, he looks very young and like not immature, but like very youthful in that. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really appreciated that they like made a comment of Joel McHale's like sort of impish features with that. Yeah. I just I just kind of <laughs> like that. And then uh, at the end of the episode, it's just a small Pierce line. And he's like, way to way to make a, a fix of it, Tweedledum and even Tweedlerdum. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know if Chef Chevy Chase like messed up that line. Um, and it's not even really it's not a gut buster, but I was like, <laughs> but it was just kind of like a, that's kind of funny. Like he, he messed up. Huh? Yeah. It's, it's one of those nose when, you know, <laughs> yeah. kind of yeah. funny. <laughs> it was, it was worth noting. So, so yeah. I like, 
the little thing about the end too is just like um one the music at the um at the party when <laughs> Troy and Pierce were dancing on Chang was like, did you guys notice it was like, uh, and Pierce is just like dance. Like he's yeah, like, he's he just like, doesn't know where. And, and I feel like Chevy chase didn't like, he got on set and they're like, all right, Chevy put on this pantsuit. We're going to yeah. tell you how to dance. <laughs> and like, yeah, Donnie, yeah. Daniel Glover, Donald Glover is, uh, twerking on Chang, know. you know, he's just like crying. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> but he's doing his best. It's just, hilarious. <laughs> like, he's so, he just saw, he sells it. But <laughs> um, let's see. Flew in the class. I had Abed, um, mm-hmm. like again, small doses in this episode, but I just really enjoyed him the most. I would say uh, there are there are a lot of Abed's episodes like this where yep. like, we talked about this before with um, the Batman episode where like he's not really in it that much, especially like as Batman. But like just what you get is just so sweet. Yeah, and, and so yeah, that's 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 what I got for this one. I agree. I had I had Abed in it because I didn't like the main plot. I hated the main plot mm-hmm. of drunk and. I think what they meant for it to be is like, oh, this is a commentary on sitcoms trying to do this. Mm-hmm. Like they even talked about it with Jeff and Abed, but I just I didn't like it. But Abed, like again, this reminds me of you know in I think it's season three whenever they have my dinner with Abed. He's like, we hung out a lot freshman year, and now we don't do that as much. And I feel like you're distancing yourself from me. Like this is proof that like Abed and Jeff are like friends in this episode. Yeah. Um, he talked, you know, he's like. I don't normally drink, but Scorsese drank with De Niro. So I'm going to figure out, you know, mm-hmm. um, and his, he has that line about like, watch this, watch what is this a, a, a fake apology soaked in fake yep. pity, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, and it's like, he has some really good insight um, with that. And the fact that like, he gets so drunk that he can't make movie references and he's just trying to do that. I just, when I watched I, this episode live as a kid, like that, like emotionally hurt me. Cause I was like, are they, like, is Alba going to stop making references? Yeah. Like, I thought like, it was like, he's going to be like broken for as a character for the rest of the series. <laughs> I was like, no. Okay. There was one that there was a, uh, there's a reference that he made. And it's, I mean, I was going to spoil this for extra credit, but, and it's, he's wearing a hat whenever he's filming the scene with the little kid mm-hmm. and it's for, um, private paradise. This thing, this, the hat, and I was looking into it and it's just, it's, it's a rom-com from the eighties and it's got Johnny Depp and Robert Morrow, I think oh, is his name. And I was like, I was looking on community like fan boards. I even looked on like IMDb and the only thing that I found was on the private paradise, like IMDb page, like, Oh, it was referenced in community, but like, it wasn't necessarily like a standout movie mm-hmm. um, or even like really impactful to like the genre. So it was interesting that he had, that hat on you know yeah. Yeah, i would think that he'd have like a ron howard hat or something you know like <laughs> jerry bruckheimer i think rest of development or something but yeah so and abed he's just abed that's interesting i i want to say abed as well because i think he does a lot but i want to break the mold so i'm gonna go with jeff i mm. feel like jeff does the most in this episode mm-hmm. and i think there's just i don't love this episode i don't love the plot i agree with christian I, we'll get to that with nitpicks i don't like the main plot but the same time, I think what Joel McHale does in this episode, even though I don't like the plot and I don't like the storyline, I think he still stands out in terms of his acting. I think his timing. Uh, I think he just has some good lines. I, I think that final scene with him and Britta and Slater at the dance, like the whole episode is cringy and I don't like the payoff, but I think him in that scene, you really see Jeff just, I don't know. I, I think you really see him like how much he cares mm-hmm. for people, especially Britta. Like we know that he's obviously been interested in her romantically, but I think we're starting to see him maybe move past that a little bit. He does genuinely care for her, and I think you see that um, show up in this episode because he goes through so much trouble. I mean, he 
gets drunk with Abed and gets like hammered and does all this just so she doesn't have her feelings mm-hmm. hurt so bad. And mm-hmm. like, that's not the Jeff that we would have seen like the first 10 episodes of the season. For gotcha. sure. yeah. I guess though, I guess I still had the first 10 episode Jeff in mind whenever I watched it. Cause I didn't, I didn't really get that vibe from it where he like really cared about her. I got it of like, well, this is what I have to do to even things out. And then it just sort of worked out at the end. And I guess my perspective of it wasn't necessarily that he still cared about Britta and didn't want to see her hurt. I think it was that even though he liked Slater, he was still torn about his feelings with Britta. And that's why whenever he saw her like dancing by herself, I see for me, it was like, well, I'm not going to be happy with either woman because I'm always going to be thinking about the other woman. Like if I, Mm -hmm. if I'm with Britta, I'm going to be thinking about Slater. If I'm with Slater, I'm going to be thinking about Britta. But, um, I do think that, I mean, Joel McHale, rather than the whole, like, Hey, Britta, thinking got me to drink i hated that <laughs> that line it just it was so bad but i do think his um like the way he like processes through things with abed is like you you can tell that like he's trying to be sincere about it and like yeah. he he does have sort of like a recognition of like oh well i've been acting <laughs> sober my whole life now i have to act drunk so yeah. might as well get get drunk for real so i do i do see that i love the line he has about britta during that whole rap with uh abed where he's like you know she's traveled the world but she doesn't get it like mm-hmm. it's just like just all everything he says is just spot on yeah do you, do you like Greta? I, of course i do who doesn't over yeah. half the people who meet her yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he has a photo of Britta. like it looks like it's just in the study room like she like looked sideways <laughs> yeah. and like, you take a photo yeah it was it's pretty good oh gosh um what you got extra credit jonathan let's see extra credit one sec um you mind if i go while you're looking up yeah go for it man. okay so slater and jeff show up to campus together and they're in the parking lot, and there are palm trees in the background. And Greendale is supposed to be in Colorado. Oh, and yeah. As far as I know, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously they filmed it in California. Like that's that's just where movies or the TV shows are shot. But like, I looked in the background, I was like, huh, that's a that's the thing that happens. They love yeah. doing like they love doing that shot where like they start high and then like fall like yeah to the level of the campus. And you're like, guys, you can't do that. You break it every time because like yeah, there's there's you know California mountains and and palm trees in the yeah. back. It's like you, you don't have to start with that. Like, <laughs> it's like it's like having mash in Southern California. Like, yeah. That's not what Korea looks like. But yeah, um, I also noticed um, in Abed's room, and they show this quite a few times. There's a poster on his wall for Kick Splasher, <laughs> and I think it's supposed to be sort of like you know Sea World. They have like the animal like aquatic shows, but like yeah. Kick Puncher. And I really, really like that. Like, it's obviously not a real thing, but I love like the detail of like they created a fake like promo for this like live show or like kick yeah. puncher on ice, something like that. Um, but whenever you look, uh, whenever Abed and Jeff are talking, um, you see Pavel in the background whenever mm-hmm. he's filming. And I'm pretty sure that's the first time you see him in the like. I think it's his first appearance. Is he, it? He's got one other. Okay. Like. They they say hi to him in an episode. Oh, okay, this is I think this is his second appearance mm-hmm. in the series so far. But I forget that like he's like actually like Abed's assistant, like yeah, in the yeah, yeah. in the <laughs> the mockumentary, like the office, the floating head episode with Pierce in the hospital, like Pavel's in it, um, or whenever he's meeting Brie Larson and they pour water on his head, like Pavel's the one on yeah. the <laughs> on the steps. So you kind of forget that he's an actual like character. He's not just kind of sort of like a oh, it's funny because he's the Polish character. Like yeah. he's actually he's actually in it. Um, I, this is the first shut up Leonard that oh, that yeah, Jeff yeah. has. Like, hey guys, thanks for eating all the macaroni. Yeah, like, shut up Leonard. I don't know what he was talking about. And it's like, I actually did all the macaroni, but it's weird that he knows. Yeah. Um, and that's just obviously it's a funny funny gag. I think Leonard he's he's just a fun character all around. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know if you realize I've never seen Breakfast Club. It's like a classic, okay. but apparently it, it's, you know, and I was trying to think of the name. It's Claire is the name of the character, but Molly Ringworm is actually Molly Ringwald. That's the name yeah. of the actress. Yeah. So I don't know if that's like common knowledge for people who've seen the movie, but I thought that that was kind of funny that he, he messed it up. Excuse me. And then um, this wasn't really an extra, like a trivia thing, but it kind of got me thinking. So the whole show starts, you know, in the universe, like let's, let's not look at this community, like as the TV show, but community, like in the universe of Greendale. Okay. Jeff and all the people, the, the group study group gets together because he's interested in Britta. And he like, just like gets people to come together. Okay. In this episode, especially whenever Chang is like making fun of Troy and Pierce, it made me realize that like this first season, like they actually spend quite a bit of time in the Spanish class. Yeah. Like, and so I was thinking like, what would have happened again? Not, not for the show. Cause obviously the show wouldn't have happened. And the, the writers wrote it that way, but like in the, the realm of Greendale, what if Jeff or Britta had not taken Spanish that semester that like they started the study group? Okay. Like what, like what would be different? Like what would have happened? Like, no, that's fascinating. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, I guess you can like, we can kind of like wrap it out. Like I feel like Pierce would kind of be the same in the sense of like, he's still looking for like an, an you know, an ex an extended family. Mm -hmm. Right. So he's like trying to join different groups, um, you know, showing off his musical talent. Probably that's like, a, that would be like a good, like season three episode. Like, like, like uh, an like alternate a, timeline, like an alternate yeah. timeline episode or something mm -hmm. like that. Like that's, I like that idea. There's, uh, but there's just so much that, you could do with that. I mean, mm -hmm. we, we obviously get the six, you, the six alternate timelines episode with the, you know, the dice, right. but like, well, that's just for that one moment. Like, and Abed even has a, he, the, the episode where they go back in time was this the one where Annie goes through the plate class window where he's like, are we were, we were meant to intertwine because they were all getting the same Greendale flyers on the same day, mm -hmm. you know, but I don't know. It's, I, it just got me thinking like, especially cause like, Chang is a Spanish professor, like more of the first season takes place in there. And I think as the show goes on, class doesn't really take as much of a front seat, mm -hmm. like anthropology or um, biology. Like obviously mm -hmm. like each season has its own professor. That's like, you know, sort of the person that you see, but I was just like, it's interesting. Like, okay, if Jeff doesn't go to Spanish, he doesn't start a study group to get with the hop blonde. I mean, it's possible that he would have done it for, ladders class mm -hmm. or you know pottery <laughs> class <laughs> ladders if it's possible um but like obviously the group doesn't get together abed doesn't meet troy mm -hmm. and they become like best friends so he still becomes you know sort of a social outcast maybe maybe he even goes on to like you know make him make a movie and like be really famous like yeah i don't think there would only be negative things that happen if the group doesn't get together like i'm sure annie would um she would graduate top of the class and you know, maybe Shirley is so lonely that she like forgives Andre and mm -hmm. gets back with him or she meets somebody else on campus. Yeah. Who's like not toxic and racist and <laughs> homophobic. Who's a, who's another Christian. Um, I think season one Britta, obviously season four Britta and season five Britta are a lot different from season one. <laughs> um, but I think that she would have graduated maybe gone on to get like a four year degree because like right now her character is sort of like, she's a drifter mm -hmm. and like, she just happens to be at Greendale right now. I think what it turns into is that she's sort of a failure in life. Like she always talks herself up 
and she gets really passionate about things that don't really matter. But obviously, this is a huge rabbit hole that has no bearing whatsoever because the show <laughs> doesn't go that way. But again, it's interesting to think about that because, like, I think Dan Harmon does a good job of writing the characters this way, and I think the actors do a good job of portraying it to where these feel like, in a heightened reality, they feel like real people who have like sure. real lives and real potentials. So I, I just, yeah, all of that came from the bullcrap meter in mm-hmm. Ching's class. But uh, yeah, no, I love the idea though of like, what would it be like? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that that is a good man. Yeah, like honestly, in a where no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. I was about to say like, would I enjoy that more than a, like a than like a, a Greendale movie? It's like eh, I don't know, but I love that idea for sure. You could get Disney Plus to pick it up and make it animated. Yeah, <laughs> but where where like what if yeah, yeah. Gillian Jacobs and um, Yvette Nicole Brown play but they voice their own characters, but Troy is played by somebody who sounds vaguely like Donald Glover. Yeah. <laughs> like, like what if <laughs> you guys know, notice this is the first, uh, I'm assuming, you know, about the Beetlejuice joke. Mm-hmm. That's pretty yeah. like popular Bitter, butter Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the first Beetlejuice mention. So mm-hmm. joke. Number one, nice. or, uh, mention number one, say his name three times. Yep. Candyman. Candyman. And then for final thoughts, mm-hmm. um, this episode for me felt like a, Again, another fine, like not great, um, episode. Like overall solid, I'd say. But again, nothing super special here. Um, and again, I think because, like, with the whole drunk storyline, I don't mind it as much because I feel like Abed does a good job of like stirring the pot and explaining it to Jeff. And like, I and this is just a me personal thing. I love the idea. And like the study of power dynamics, because like that's mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. absolutely real that like in every group, uh, you know, every one person, two person, you know, 50 people like mm-hmm. there are little power dynamics in be- and like the power dynamics are all in, in someone's mind. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, this one, this some you know, and they're different depending on who has the power. Exactly. Right? Like, yeah. I can have a different power dynamic with Christian. You know, Christian could be over me mm-hmm. and I'm over Ethan. And but then Ethan the, thinks that yeah. Jonathan's over Christian. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> and so. And he wrote me into this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he wrote me into this. And so like I just love the uh, like idea of power dynamics and understanding and like understanding that like, oh, you've you've shifted the balance and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think that's just why the episode this episode's a slightly better one for me. Again, close probably closer to a six and an eight, but that's that's for me what that's I'm saying. I I disagree. I hate this episode. <laughs> it's so boring. I just I don't feel like there was really that many moments that made me laugh. I mean the the Pearson Troy subplot with the fake Valentine's gifts like that that's pretty good. There's mm-hmm. a good payoff with that one. That's funny, but it feels like that subplot gets wasted for this episode because the the Jeff and Britta drunk text or drunk voice call whatever voicemail plot. I just I don't know. It it's just not interesting to me. Like I yeah. it's necessary for their relationship and their character arcs because obviously there's a lot of <laughs> payoff later on in the end of the season with their relationship but right. that gets totally thrown away by the end of season two but you know it really whatever. does but i just i don't know i think the execution was mm-hmm. mishandled i think that the idea of having an episode where you really start to see kind of i don't know i don't know if there's really a change mm-hmm. in the relationship but we just really dive into that more it could have been done a lot better just the episode was so boring to me i didn't really feel like i cared that much i feel like i should care mm-hmm. but i didn't laugh that much i just wasn't invested in the story there wasn't a lot memorable about this episode um no yeah i i dislike slater and i realized we talked last week (laughs) about who the actress looks like and i realized that it reminds me of somebody that 
that <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of that the three of us know. Um, but so anything that she's in, it sort of bothers me. But I feel like at this point, we're halfway through season one. I feel like this is community. This isn't like a sitcom. Yeah, this is I feel like sitcom by Dan Harmon. This it's, is community. It's community, yeah. right? But mm-hmm. this episode feels like a sitcom in an episode of community. Yeah. It feels like yeah, it doesn't it doesn't click with me. Um I don't get I mean, maybe you can help you can help me walk through this. I don't get how okay, Britta is embarrassed by Jeff. Mm-hmm. Jeff realizes he has to drunk call her, drunk calls her, and the next day she's fine. Like that doesn't, it doesn't pay off for me. I don't feel like it's really deserved. Mm-hmm. I feel like that should have been a two-parter episode. And mm. Britt is like, Oh, you don't, don't think that you can just even the score with me by doing the same thing. Like it doesn't feel like yeah. seriously. that's a good point. That's um, good. Yeah. And good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> I, uh, so everybody said, okay, sorry. I'm, I'm uh, Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, like, you know, Britta shows up and she's like, I knew you didn't remember anything when you called. It's like, why is she like joking around with him? Like, that doesn't, it doesn't settle. Slater basically does a 180 of like, oh, you're awful. You thought that I was Britta. And then, you know, oh, perfect boyfriend, you know, like, yeah. And actually, now that you talk about it too, because what's it called? Britta's voicemail, voice, drunk voicemail was about Jeff. Like, hey, I'm calling you. Yeah. Right. So it's like, obviously, she's trying to talk to her, trying to talk to him. Mm-hmm. His drunk voicemail was about Slater. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you're right in the sense of, oh, maybe the power dynamics, like, like we say they've shifted because that's the episode and like that's supposed to be the point, but they really haven't in the sense of he still holds up, he still holds the emotional cards. But there is that line from Britta at the end where she's hugging Jeff and she says, by the way, that was only the first 10 seconds of a 40 minute. And it kind of so maybe, gives a hint of like, he started talking about Britta, yeah, but she chose right. to leave that part out. Very informative. I thought that he was just talking about like, oh, Flater and I boned and this is... Well, <laughs> that's kind of what I think... I don't know. I, I thought about that at first, but then the more I thought about that line, it, the way she says it and just the fact that they include that, I it kind of leaves it up to maybe how you interpret it, but I kind of almost think that mm. she's getting at... Jeff was talking about Britta in a way that Slater wouldn't have liked, mm-hmm. and Britta basically saved his butt and just said, "But then she played that part." But you know? then why would she protect him in that sense? Because okay, because Slater's mad at Jeff, and Britta's basically saying, "Hey, there's no reason to be mad," and Sl- and Britta doesn't like Slater. Slater doesn't like. But Britta. Britta also is not the kind of person that would would purposefully do something that would end their relationship. And she tried to do that with Annie and Vaughn. She did. But, but she different dynamic, but so, she yeah. didn't date. You're right. You know, that, that's had, true. So maybe maybe it's I mean kind of like you talked about last week where it's like she doesn't like that Britta or that Jeff and Slater dating, but she knows that it makes him happy. Yeah, I think to your point about why would she protect him, I think we we see that she still likes him a little bit. Or obviously reading that idea that mm-hmm. there's still that dynamic. He the fact that he was trying to make her feel better, even if he probably did a poor job of it, and we maybe agree that she turned around too fast and was fine with it. I think what was said in the voicemail and the fact that she realized that he was trying to like help her out and make her feel better probably mm. made her realize, okay, I was being too hard on myself. Like I still like him and I wish you weren't dating Slater, but right now this is the best thing for our friendship that you mm-hmm. keep dating Slater. See, I, I feel bad for saying this, but I think that we're really reading into something that just wasn't well fleshed out. I think that that's the long and short of it. Like I love Dane Harmon 
And I want to hope that Dan Harmon is above reproach and like every little detail he has is like, because <laughs> he would be the person to do it. But I honestly just think that like, again, this this storyline doesn't belong in season three of Community or season two of Community. Like it's just a season one thing. So, I mean, I, th- I think that that was, I think that it played out the way it was supposed to, but I just don't think that it should have played out that way. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But I mean, the idea of... Uh, Annie and Shirley trying to stick up for Troy and Pierce did that also didn't really shine well through me or for me. Like at the end, Troy is like, Oh, the whole reason we were upset was because we didn't think we had women who cared about us. But now we realize that we do because Shirley and Annie tried to stick up for us. I'm like, that wasn't really well communicated to me through the episode. Mm. Like I, for me, Shirley and Annie wrote the letter because they were tired of Chang making fun of, Pierce and Troy. It was less I, about Troy and Pierce. It was more about Shane, right? And, and so right, Troy right. was like, oh, we don't have to be dating Annie and Shirley. Like, they care about us. And like, that's a good sentiment, but I don't really think that the episode was geared towards that, yeah. you know? Mm. Um, that's a good point. Dang, but, I didn't think about that. Um, you know, Troy is like, we got to be manly and protect our our ladies. And that reminds me of the of the episode with him and Britta, where it's like, you look yeah. so pathetic that the most manly thing to do was to yeah. come and save you, <laughs> right? So I, I do see some overlap there, but yeah, it just... I don't know. This episode really misfired for me. And it wasn't, it wasn't unbearable. Like, again, I had to watch it three times and I didn't <laughs> hate it by the end of it. I just, I don't like Slater. Um, I don't like the whole Britta is the damsel in distress, you know, um, sort of like the straight, the straight man or the straight woman of the, of the storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I had to rank it, I'd rank it a um, Valentine's day out of Easter. Cause I hate Valentine's day. Um, <laughs> That's that's a that's a that's a that's a good song title in there. I hate Valentine's Day out of Easter. Yeah. Oh, we we uh we skidded past this for episode fifteen, but Vaughn in the last episode, Vaughn mentioned uh I've been getting your messages because I threw I threw my phone in the river and I was like, Who am I gonna call if I can't call you? Yeah. And then I realized my landlord, my sister, you. Yeah. And that sounded like a song title to me too. Like my landlord, my landlord, my sister and you. Yeah. Like it'd be, it'd be a song about like people who check up on me, like oh, different reasons. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. But so it's song title. That's just made me think of it. But yeah, this episode was, it was no bueno for a lot of reasons. Not the best community episode, but it's better than a lot of other, better than call me cat. <laughs> What's that? Exactly. No. <laughs> It's a sitcom on Fox. Oh, gosh. Anyway, 